Welcome to the podcast of Pastor Joseph Castillo from All Nations International Fellowship. Enjoy this podcast while you're doing household chores, riding your car, or even your morning devotions. I trust the living Word of God to change your life forever. Visit us online at www.anifbeijing.com. Good to see everybody today. Bless you. Excited to be with you. Are you guys ready to get into the Word of God? Well, I think I'm going to teach you. Bishop is going to uh, encourage you. And then Dr. Sumra is going to knock you out. Hallelujah. (laughs) That's the plan, at least. Amen. I have a lot to share. I would encourage you to take notes. The lowest level of Christianity is non-note-taking Christianity. It says to God that you already know everything there is to know and that you do not expect to hear anything else. So the lowest form of Christianity is non-note-taking Christians. Now, of course, if it's someone like Jesse Duplantis preaching, you know, you don't really need to take too many notes. You just laugh and enjoy his his spirit, right? But if someone's going to bring the word, you should uh, be expecting to receive. Not only receiving from what they say, but receiving from what the Holy Spirit says. How many of you know that oftentimes when the anointed word of God is being preached, that in the atmosphere, revelation is flowing. And God can speak to ten people, ten totally opposite, totally different things than what the pastor said. And everyone after the service says, Pastor, that was just for me. And you say, what part? And they say, well, that part when you said this? And I say, I I didn't say that. (laughs) Then you ask somebody else, oh, pastor, when you were talking about my mother, you know, and that would really encourage me. I say, I don't even know your mother. What are you talking about? (laughs) And that's because when there's a true oracle uh, ministering, a five-fold ministry gift, there is a spirit of wisdom and revelation that is communicating to you. So when you don't take notes, you're expecting not to receive. Amen? So I encourage you to take notes. I'm going to probably be speaking fast. So that might be difficult for you, but uh, just be prepared to receive something from God. I'm going to have to teach the Word of God a little bit today, and I hope you are ready for it. Amen. 45 minutes. Good. So I'll end at 2 (laughs) o'clock. Genesis chapter (laughs) 1. Amen. Anyways, I just want to say I'm very happy to be here at WOW. And when when I came into the room and I saw... All the uh, beautiful ladies, the beautiful clothes and shimmering. I said, wow. (laughs) Now I know why this is called wow. Hallelujah. Amen. So Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. uh, The message that I'm preaching to you is uh, the first time I'm preaching this message. But it uh, it is the word of God. It's called dominion in the marketplace. Dominion in the marketplace. And I was listening to your vision Today, I began to really see how this word really fits. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. I'll be saying some foundational things, so please uh, enjoy. The Bible says here in verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image. That word us, first of all, the word God here is Elohim, which in the Hebrew is a plural word word for God okay 
Elohim is not singular, it is plural. So God, who is Elohim, he is a Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, speaking to his plurality, says, let us, speaking of the Godhead, make man, not speaking of a, a gender, but of mankind, in our, the Godhead's image. And after our, once again plural, meaning the Godhead, in our likeness, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we know that God made us spirit, soul, and body. He made us also a triune being in his image. And he said, let them, speaking plurally of the male and female. He said, let them, plurally, male and female, and I'll prove it to you in the next couple of verses. He says, let them, male and female, have dominion over the fish of the sea. Can you say that with me? Fish of the sea. The first thing that he gave them dominion over was the fish of the sea. And I'll explain to you uh, very soon why. Fish of the sea over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man, speaking of mankind once again, in his own image. God created man in his own image. In other words... Mankind, man and woman, were made in the image of royalty. Man and women were made in the image of royalty. So if you just kind of meditate on your origins of your creation, you begin to realize that you are a royal breed. And though tigers and lions might be faster and fiercer and stronger than you, because of your authority and dominion, because of your, your, your nature as the royal seed of the universe, that you have dominion over beasts that are greater and stronger physically than you. Amen. You are royalty. So he created us in the image of God, created he mankind, him. In the image of God, is the verse on the board? So you guys can't see this. Okay, I apologize. So I hope you have Bibles. In the image of God, created he him. Speaking of mankind, to prove that, the Bible goes on further in the next two words, says male and female. Male and female, created he them. So once again, speaking plurally, according to rabbinical teachings, man and women, the man and the woman were one flesh, literally, physically. The man and the woman were one flesh physically, and when the Bible says that he took the side of Adam, it was not speaking of a rib. But that word, that word in the Hebrew means from the side of Adam, meaning that man was like, could I have a, a woman here? Could you stand here? And can you come up here, man of God? This is just what rabbinical teaching teaches. Can you turn this way and turn, you come here and turn around this way, turn the other way, but come closer and stand back to back, please. Thank you. So the, according to some Hebrew scholars, rabbinical teachings, this was the first man. Woman was part of man, inside of man. And that God split them down the middle. And that's why there's a curvature in the back. Like the, like the book of Revelation talks about there's beasts with four heads, ox, eagle, man, and so forth. The, the humans were first one, like this, 
and God took, put them in a, a deep sleep, cut, took her from the side of him, and made woman. You may be seated. So whether rabbinical teaching is correct or not on that, the concept is correct. That God gave dominion to both man and to woman. And as a matter of fact, a fact is that God named them both Adam. If you look at your Bible, we don't have it on the screen. I can show you. We don't have it. But if you look at your Bible, God named them one name, Adam. Adam later on named her Eve. Adam named her Eve. God named them Adam and blessed them. They both have the same blessing. They both have the same dominion. Do you see this? Amen. So God blessed them, male and female, created he them as one. That's why it's a mystery when you get married, you're the two become one flesh again. It's a bringing together. It's a restoring of the first creation. Amen. So male and female created he them, plural, and God blessed them, both male and female. Amen. Amen. The word blessed means empowered to prosper. The word blessed means empowered to prosper. Can you say that with me? Say empowered to prosper. Turn to your neighbor and say you're empowered to prosper. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you are empowered to prosper. God blessed them. He empowered them to prosper. And, and then he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth and subdue it. God's original intention for man and woman was to, to transfer authority and dominion over them, to them. And to tell and, and for them to be fruitful and to multiply, to replenish the earth and to subdue it. That's God's original intention. And to prove that to you, you could take a look here at Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. We see, even though Adam and Eve sinned, we see God is keeping with the same calling, the same purpose, and the same intention. So sin never disqualified mankind from their original purpose. Sin never disqualified mankind from their original purpose. It just kind of detoured their path. Amen. Genesis chapter 12, we see God saying the same thing. Now the Lord said to Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation and I will bless you. Bringing the blessing back to mankind. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. You shall be a blessing. I'll bless them that bless you. Curse them that curse you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That's the same blessing that God gave Adam. It's the same blessing. But then after Abraham, we're not actually even before Abraham. If we look at Genesis 9, we see God gave that same blessing to Noah. Look at Genesis chapter 9. And God blessed Noah, 9-1. And God blessed Noah. I'll give you a moment to get there. 
we're seeing God's, Genesis chapter 9, we're seeing God's original calling to empower man, to give them dominion over the earth, was never changed because of sin. And God gave that same blessing to Abraham, and God gave that same blessing to Noah. And verse 9, verse 1, it says, And God blessed Noah and his sons, and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. The same calling, the same purpose, the same mission that he gave Adam. Same exact. Then Abraham, same exact. Then we go further and we look at Jesus doing the same exact blessing. Look at Luke chapter 9 verse 16. Luke chapter 9 verse 16. Amen. And we're going to look at Matthew 28 after that. And Luke 9... Well, we're going to actually look at Matthew 28, but in Luke 9, Jesus blesses the fish. And what happens to the fish when it's blessed? It multiplies. So the fruit of the blessing is what? Multiplication. Multiplication. Genesis 1.26, the same intention. He blessed them, told them to multiply. Jesus blessed the bread and it multiplied. The blessing means multiplication. The blessing means increase. The blessing means fruitful. It means multiply. Do you hear me? So in Genesis, in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus now comes. Years and years have gone past. Things have changed. Things have gone up and down. But the calling has remained the same. And in Matthew 28, verse 19, God, Jesus, tells this new creation, born again, new creation people, and tells them in, in chapter 28 and verse 19, Go ye therefore into all the nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things which I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. God is calling them to go and take dominion and to subdue. Of course, we know that in Mark chapter 16, he says, go into all the world, preach the gospel, cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, speak in tongues, go and take dominion, go into all the world, go to every nation group, subdue and multiply. The same calling that God gave Adam, that he gave to Noah, that he gave to Abraham, and that he has now given to his disciples. God's intention was forever and for always for God's people to take dominion over the earth. Now, the, if we continue on here in Genesis chapter 1, verses 28, it says, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. We've established that that is God's original calling and has never changed throughout the centuries. And he tells them to have dominion over the fish of the sea. The fish of the sea. The first thing that God gave Adam and Eve dominion over was the fish of the sea. Fish represents provision. Fish represents finances. Fish represents prosperity. All throughout the Old Testament, you'll see fish representing provision. And even in the New Testament, you see fish representing provision. When Jesus and his disciples had a need, he said, go and get a fish. In that fish, you'll find a coin. When the disciples were called into ministry, the first thing that they got was fish. Fish represents provision. 
It represents finances. The first thing that God gave Adam dominion over in Genesis chapter 1 is the finances, the fish, the provision. So the first thing that you have authority and dominion over is provision, money, finances. Turn to your neighbor and say, money, honey. Amen. I call my wife Honey Bunny, and she calls me Money Honey. Amen. So I got her a job, and we're trying to change that around. Amen. 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 The first thing God gives us dominion over is fish, finances, resources. Amen. Let's look here at Luke chapter 9 and verse 16. Oh, you know what? I, I accidentally cut, I, I, I copied the wrong verses on my, my, my notes here. Let me just give you a quick example of money, fishes, okay? Money, fish comes first. This is the principle that you find from Genesis chapter 1 all the way into the New Testament. When Jesus called his disciples... I don't have the verses written down. For the sake of time, I'll let you do your research, okay? When Jesus called his disciples, the first thing that he gave them was enough money to provide for their families, right? You remember the story when he told them, you know, drop your net into the other side of the boat, and they called it a boat-sinking, net-breaking harvest of fish, representing financial prosperity. So the first thing that God gave them before they went into ministry was enough money to support their whole family. Because money must precede ministry. Money must precede ministry. Without the money, you cannot effectively do ministry. Without the money, you'll drag your wife and your kids and your family through hell trying to serve God without the money. Okay? So money must come first. That's why God gave you dominion over money first. The first thing he gave his disciples was money. Then, when Jesus, well, let me say this, money must precede revival. We're talking about revival and praying for revival. Money must precede precede revival. Can you show me that in the scripture? Before the day of Pentecost, what's the miracle that took place before the day of Pentecost? Before the day of Pentecost, Jesus appeared to his disciples again. And he was all, they were out fishing, couldn't catch fish again. Jesus was on the, on the beach already cooking the fish. And then he told them again to go and, 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 and put their nets down. And they took in another great harvest of fish. He financed them again with another abundant harvest of fish for them to be able to move into what was about to happen in Acts chapter 2. The fish preceded revival. Finances preceded revival. With no money, you cannot finance revival. So the finances must come first. So Jesus first in Genesis gave us dominion over the fish. Another place, if you look at the book of Joel, turn with me to Joel chapter 2. We know that that Acts chapter 2 revival was the revival, a portion of the revival spoken of by Peter. Peter said, this is that which the prophet Joel has spoken about. Then in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, right? 
So Peter was quoting that this outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost was part of this outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon all flesh. So let's take a look at that in Joel chapter 2. He says, and afterwards I'll come to pass, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. And upon his main servants and his maid servants I'll pour out my spirit. I'll show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood, fire, pillars of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. So we all know that this revival that took place in Pentecost was part of this latter rain outpouring. But we also know that that's just in part, that there's, this has not been totally fulfilled yet. And there's another revival coming, a last wave coming, and where we're going to see more people on this planet Earth saved and in the kingdom than are in the kingdom of darkness. Amen? Amen. Somebody said, I think it was Reinhard Bunke just recently said in his last crusade, the, the people always say, well, Brother Bunke, you can't save the whole world because the Bible says that that path to destruction is wide and the path to, the, to God is narrow. And he says, yes, that was before the cross. But after the cross, Jesus put a big cross on that broad path. Hallelujah. Stuck it right down in the middle. So all those people who were going down that wide path now have encountered the cross. Hallelujah. And now the path to heaven is much greater and much wider. Grace triumphs over sin and judgment. Amen. So when Jesus comes back, he's not coming back with the devil having more people on his side than God on his side. Because Jesus is not a loser. That's why we have a mandate to go and take dominion. Do you hear me? So before this revival takes place... Look at what the verse says beforehand. Let's look at how fish come first. And it says in verse 25. No, let's go up to to 23. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheats. And the vast shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years of the locust and the caterpillar, the cankerworm, the pomerum, that great army which is sent among you. And you shall eat plenty and be satisfied. Abundance and prosperity precedes the outpouring. Because fish comes first. So the first thing that we need to have in your life to fulfill your calling, in your ministry to fulfill your ministry, and in the church for the church to do and sponsor worldwide revival is we need to learn our dominion over the fish, over the finances. Do you hear me? I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Amen. So he gives them dominion over the fish of the sea. The first thing God gives them dominion of. We understand in Proverbs chapter 13 verse 22, the Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. You know that verse, right? Proverbs. Do we have verses on screens yet? Yes, we do. Look at Proverbs chapter 13 verse 22, please. I don't want you to say Pastor Joey said. I want you to say the word of God says. Proverbs 13, 22. The Bible says... Seeing you will see, hearing you will hear, and you will believe. Amen. So you have to see, hear, and I want you to see and hear. Hallelujah. So your heart will be converted 
and then you should be healed. Uh, uh, Proverbs 13, 22. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the s- sinner is laid up for the just. Oh, the, this is the nearly inspired version. <laughs> but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Okay? Let's look at another one, Ecclesiastes 2. It says in verse 24, There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This is also I saw that it was from the hand of God. So what is from the hand of God, he says, is that a man should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of his labor. Before God gave Adam a wife, he gave Adam a job. Amen? The Bible says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. And if you have somebody financing you, sending you money, so you could sit in Starbucks and scroll on your Facebook all day, and you call that ministry, that's not ministry. That person's enabling you. Enabling you to be lazy. There's no laziness in the kingdom of God. And if you want to get somebody to do something, find the busiest person you could find. Never find somebody with a lot of time on their hands because there's a lot of time on their hands because they're lazy. Amen? God gave Adam a job before every apostle worked. All the apostles worked. Read church history. They all worked. They all worked as tradesmen and tanners and, and all had jobs as they pioneered the work of God. Amen? You got 20-member church, you don't need to be a full-time pastor. Go get a job somewhere. And go save everyone on your, you know, your co-workers, and you'll have a 50-member church soon. Amen? I remember I was pastoring a church. We had two pastors and 40 members, and we were both full-time. You know what we did? We went to the buffet every day. And we sat around and drank coffee and ate the buffet for two or three hours. And then after that, we went to Starbucks for another two or three hours. There was no reason for neither of us to be full-time. And we were totally fruitless. Now, I have two kids, a company, several TV shows. I have two companies. Uh, you know, I have a training center. I have a kindergarten. I have three companies. I have a human resource headhunting group. I have a company registered in America, a company registered in China. I'm running an underground church. I'm doing conferences and rivals around the world. I'm doing several TV shows all at the same time. And I'm teaching English part-time. And I'm studying Chinese, too. Two hours a day, four days a week. God does not bless laziness. He, he blesses fruitfulness and productivity. Amen. Amen. So God says that it is, Solomon said that he sees that this is the hand of God, that a man would labor and work and enjoy the fruits of his work. And verse 26 says this, For God gives a man that is good in his sight, not lazy in his sight. Say, say good in his sight. Good in his sight. Okay? Not lazy in his sight. Good in his sight. We already know what was good from 24. You work, you do something, right? Even if you're a preacher, be putting out sermons, writing books, doing testimonies online. Dr. Summerall, he's on, T, he's on Facebook every single day faithfully. He's, on, he's standing in his kitchen, and you know he's only recording from the chest up because he's wearing his boxer shorts. But he puts on a... He put, I'm telling am I telling Am I prophesying? <laughs> So he just puts on a nice shirt, stands under behind the table. 
But he's producing. He's putting the word out there. He's putting the word out there. He's producing. We need to produce. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I, I know I've done that one too myself. Amen. I put on my jacket, my tie. I put the camera on. You know, and I wear my boxer shorts. Hallelujah. Amen. We're all family here, right? Amen. <laughs> Amen. We had to stop the recording at that point, but you might be listening right now and you say, Pastor Joey, I wanted to pray that prayer. If I was there, I would have prayed with you. I'd like to pray right now, as a matter of fact. I'd like to give my life to Jesus Christ. I would like to have God in my life, and I'd like to know Jesus as my Savior and my Lord and surrender my life to Him. You know, repentance means to turn away from your way of doing things and to turn to God's way. We've done things our own way, like they used to say in Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. When I did the 12 steps, they said, your best decisions and your best ways of thinking and your best ways to handle life have gotten you to this situation. And now it's time to trust a higher power. Well, there is no higher power than the God of all the earth. His name is Jehovah. And he sent his son Jesus to die for you. And through him, you can turn from your way of doing things to his way. And his way is the right way because he made you. And he made you for a purpose. And he knows exactly what you need to pull out your potential to forgive you of your sins, deliver you from the things that keep you away from God in a sin and death cycle. And if you'd open up your heart to Him right now, together with me, God can begin a new work in your life. So just pray with me wherever you're at, whether you're driving your car, whether you're at home, uh, wherever you are, just, just pray with me and repeat after me. Say, Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me, forgive me of my sins, wash me in the blood of Jesus. I believe that your son died for my sins, and on the third day he was raised from the dead. From this day forward I belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that prayer. I'd like you to contact me, and we can send you some more resources and materials that could help you start this new life, because this is the first day of the rest of your life. Email me at joe at nationsabroad.com, or email the church at nfcontact at gmail.com. And we'd love to speak with you and just correspond with you and put you on the right path maybe help you find some local churches there online or something or maybe we know some pastors there that could follow up with you and help teach you the word of God. thank you for listening and feel free to download the other podcasts and just feed on the word of God.